Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Guys, I am so excited to be here with you tonight. We are... You know, I just really feel like really quick before we transition, if, if you could just go with me for one more minute, I really believe that, that God is actually setting up a move. In just a moment, I'm going to talk to you about how we've actually ended up being able to come and minister here in this church. But for just a moment, could we just stand one more time? Can we stand one more time? I just really feel like we're not done with this moment. You know, there's something... There's something that God wants to do in the house tonight. And I want us to prepare our hearts. Would it be okay, Jamika, would it be okay? Is it okay if she jumps on one of these keyboards? Would this be okay? I'm so used to her. I'm so used to her. Your team was incredible tonight. Can we give them a hand? I can tell this church, I know why we were sent to this church. We're ready. You're ready. You're hungry. How many of you have been praying for a move of God in Tallahassee? How many of you have been praying for a move of God in Tallahassee? God has heard your prayers. He is moving. He is moving. He is moving. Come on. I just need us for one more moment to worship the Lord right now in our hearts to prepare a pathway of the Lord to come in tonight into your heart. If you could just begin to say, God, use me. I Use me. Use me. Use me. Come on. Come on. We welcome you with praise. Can we just for one more minute linger here? And let our praise be
away from wherever we were. You have a very hungry church. And you know what I believe that God is doing right now is he's beginning to stir back up that hunger. He's beginning to stir back up and uncap that hunger. Come on, there's a story in the Bible where there was a blind man on the side of the road and Jesus began, began to walk by. Blind man, he cried out, and all the crowds were like, He's not gonna stop for you. Be quiet. And did you know the Bible says the blind man cried out all the more? And Jesus stopped and said, I do stop for you. And he healed him. See, the thing is, is sometimes hunger makes a sound. Sometimes hunger makes a sound. And sometimes, sometimes we get so used to being quiet, we've forgotten that the Lord is listening for a sound.
we're pregnant with a change that God is birthing through our cry tonight. He's responding to the sound. He's responding to the cry. Come on, I know from experience the battle that I had and tonight not having a voice makes this a bit difficult, but I had to battle to find my cry. I had to battle to find my roar. I had so many ways of life try to put back and quiet down and you know God is wanting to hear us boldly come before his throne boldly come before his throne to receive mercy in the time of need come on if that's you raise your hands I just want to pray God we come before the throne boldly we ask for mercy in our time of need in our time of need in Tallahassee God, in our time of need in America, in our time of need in our personal families, God, we've come boldly because the violent take it by force. God, you're looking for an army to rise and take the goodness of God by force to take the promises of the Lord by force. So God, we thank you that you've made them available for us if we'll pursue, if we will pursue. Come on, the scripture says, knock and keep on knocking. That's a violent taking it by force. That's a, I won't back down. I won't be quiet. I'm going to knock until I get my miracle. In the name of Jesus. How many of you are believing for a miracle in Tallahassee tonight? Yes. Yes. Jesus. Awesome, awesome. Well, I guess you can be seated. Guys, give this team. I just appreciate that. You guys just flowed right into that like perfect there. Andrea, could you hand me my bottle of water right there? I'm going to have to get a sip of water before I can go to this next thing. I do apologize. (coughs) Technically, just so you guys know, it's not COVID. I felt like if I got up here... Apostle Tommy was like, you're still going to do it. I said, do you hear me? They're going to think I have COVID. Um, we were at a church service over the weekend where there was a lot, a lot of fire. And we did a lot of ministering and shouting. And um, I didn't save my voice. I didn't use much wisdom. So I'm sorry about that. Um, tonight, be as um, Tommy's going to come up here and minister, I just felt like I had a word for, um, not a prophetic word, <laughs> that's Tommy's job, um, <laughs> but I just had a word to just kind of introduce Tommy with, but also honor the pastors tonight, and I'm sure he will as well. But there was a scripture in the Bible, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, y'all are going to be really thankful when he gets up here. All right, here we go. There's a scripture in the Bible, and I really felt like this was for your pastors and for this house tonight. I felt like the Lord was telling me that there is a huge heart of volunteerism and service in the kingdom. I actually think this is a training place. I feel like this is a a house that's been well-trained, well-equipped, and just a true servant's heart, and especially your pastors. And I feel like what we're here to do tonight, and I'm about to kind of explain a little bit about our ministry, but there's this scripture in the Bible in Genesis chapter 24. And Abraham is looking for a wife for, for his son. And I know we don't do that today in, in, in America, but um, back then Abraham was so concerned that his son was not going to marry well. So he sent his servant to find a wife. 
and um, his servant went to the land that his family was from so that they could marry within the family, which we also don't do in America anymore. Okay, let's stay on topic here. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, when the servant got to the land, he prayed. And see, he prayed a prophetic prayer. He said, God, this is what I'm needing. This is, this is what I need you to do. And so he said, God, whatever young maiden comes out and offers me a drink of water, or I ask for a drink of water, and she says, yes, sir, you can have a drink of water, and I'll also run and get water for your camels. He said, let that be the woman that's supposed to marry my, my master's son. And so... Um, True enough, this literally happens. The servant walks into town, and here comes Rebecca, and she's carrying this heavy pitcher, and she fills it up with water, and this stranger says, give me a drink of water, and, or asks for a drink of water, he wasn't bossy, and she says yes, and she takes her water jug down and gives him water, and then she says, and I'll run and get water to drink to, for all your camels. Like, I'll also go get water for all your camels. And of course, the servant knows then the Lord has answered his prayer. But what it was beautiful to me is that Rebecca was literally putting herself in a position of serving beyond what the master had asked. She, he literally just said, can I have a cup of water? And she said, yes, not only a cup of water, but I'm going to feed all your camels. That's like a whole lot of work. I think it was like 10 camels or something like that. I mean, that's like a trough of water. Have you ever tried to carry a trough of water one jug at a time? And I feel like this was the picture that the Lord was giving me for this church, but specifically for your pastors. And I felt like tonight what God was wanting to do in the spirit and supernaturally in this house was what happened in this story. When, when Rebecca and the servant spoke and the servant told who he was, he gave Rebecca a gift of gold. It was gold bracelets and a gold nose ring, which, you know, is again, a bit different. But I mean, maybe you have a nose ring. That's okay. I don't, I don't imagine your pastors are going to wear one. Um, but anyway, um, he gives them this gold, these gold rings. And I just really felt like tonight, this has been your pastor's heart as he has served this church. He has said, you've said, I've needed a cup of water. And he says, not only will I feed you, but I'm going to feed your family too. Not only am I going to feed this church, but I'm going to feed this city too. And not only am I going to feed this city, we're going to feed the nation too. I just feel like there is a massive heart inside your pastors. And of course that trickles into the people, right? Because you're, you know, you're part of who your pastors are when you serve under their vision. And so I felt like tonight when, when the prophetic ministry is brought and the word of the Lord is brought into this house, I just pray and trust we, I just pray that it's like gold rings on bracelets on your arms and gold jewelry upon you that just crowns you for your next mission. It just crowns you in your identity as a child of the Lord and it just carries you into the next season that God has for this church and for you as a ministry and definitely for you both. And so tonight as we honor, um, t- can we give your pastors a hand? I just feel like they are just worthy of that honor. So, you know, in a way, I just, my heart really went out to them with the fact that, again, and, and now as I'm introducing Tommy Arayami, um, we... We literally were in prayer for several months about coming to Florida. 
And Apostle Tommy never like just calls up churches and says, can I come minister? He really lets the leading of the Lord, the Holy Spirit direct. We had some opportunities here and there, um, different, different cities in Florida, um, different, different things that we could have pioneered through or, or taken those opportunities. And, and Apostle Tommy would just be like, I just don't have the release yet. And I said, but we know the word said Florida. We know the Lord wants us to go to Florida. And so literally, I don't even know. We were, was it just a month ago? I don't, I don't feel like, because we really did pray for several months. And then all of a sudden, one of the students, um, she's in the congregation now. She was on your worship team. We're, there she is right there. Okay, Amy. She, mess, she messaged us and she said, I'm in Tallahassee. Would you come there? And she, you know, introduced us to your pastors. And it was an instant release, which is different than what we'd been feeling trying to go into different areas and different invitations. And even though we didn't know this house, we knew you in the spirit. We knew that God was sending us to plant a prophetic seed in this city to begin to shift Florida into the direction that the Lord is trying to get it to go. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful thing to plant a prophetic seed, right? And so we just believe that this is our first um, ministry here under our ministry, which is RIG, Restoring Issachar Generation. And I can feel that this is great soil to plant a prophetic seed, to release the word of the Lord over Florida. And it, and it is transactional. The Lord is literally needing you to be boots on the ground and deliver the word in Florida. When he says, Florida is going to, this is going to happen, we're going to go to Florida and we're going to say, this is going to happen and we're going to decree a thing. And so it's such a beautiful place to be able to minister the word of the Lord in Florida from. So thank you guys so very much. And thank you pastors for, for opening that invitation. And again, that's a lot of what Tommy Arayami, um, his ministry is. He, he's, I, I know you guys like have followed, looked him up, wondering who this person is and how do you say his last name? Anybody? <laughs> um, it took me a few takes myself. Um, but it, it, but the Lord has literally sent him from the UK by way of Nigeria now to lead America into a prophetic revival, to awaken the people in the church to hearing the word of God, to hearing the voice of God in a way that will direct us through this next season. So the Issachar people were the people that knew what time it was and knew what to do. They were the prophetic people that the nation of Israel knew they would know, okay, what's really going on? Not what the news is saying, not what everyone's saying, not what all of, not all of the smoke screens, but what is really happening and what are we to do with it? And so that's what our ministry is, is we believe we're restoring the, the, the call to the people of God to know what time it is, to hear the Lord. You know, the scripture says, my sheep hear hear my voice. We can hear the Lord and, and have a confirmation in our spirit of what God is leading us to do. And he uses prophets to show us that we can be prophetic too. How many of you know that you can be prophetic? You can hear from God. He can tell you and talk to you and lead you. So we do that. We are, we're looking to raise up 7,000 prophets in every nation. We train them, equip them, disciple them, and release them into prophetic revival in the land, in awakening an army for what God is doing in America right now. How many of you are part of that army that God's awakening right now? I can tell this is a remnant church. 
This is the church where the remnant is gathering and growing and learning and building. So I'm so excited to have this opportunity to do this um, time right now with you guys. And so right now at this time, I want to just introduce um, Prophet Tommy. How I met him is, is kind of through a prophetic word. It was quite crazy. My husband and I pastor a church and we went through a really terrible situation and we needed a word from God and we did not know a prophet. We, we didn't know anyone that could tell us what the, Lord, what the word of the Lord was. And so my husband had gone to Bible college and had a friend that lived in the UK. And um, he called my husband and he said, hey, I'm going to this church with these crazy twins that are prophets. Do you need a word? And my husband was like, yes, we need a word. And so this friend literally took his cell phone, was like, give us a word. Can you give my friend in America a word? And the word led to a relationship, led to a partnership, led to us being in ministry together and has totally transformed our life, like literally awakened us out of slumber. Our, our church was in um, our church was under like a, a poverty spirit our church has never struggled since we got in alignment with with serving and being in a prophetic move we've known what God needed us to do when we needed to do it and and God has even set us free into more of a prophetic mantle in our life and so God has is like a chessboard it's like God is literally moving the body of Christ into position and I'm not necessarily saying geographically no one's leaving the church I'm saying, in, positionally, spiritually, he's moving us into the end-time army of prophets and apostles and teachers and evangelists, and he's getting us awakened and into position. And so we just love to be here, just sharing our heart and our vision. Could you stand now and help me in welcoming Prophet Tommy Arimi to the stage today? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God is so, so good. I'm so, so proud. I was sitting there just listening to Shara just now, and I said, you can just take the whole thing. I don't think I need to be here anymore. I, uh, I mean, to see her standing up and being a voice, um, it's deeply encouraging. I'm very proud. I want to honor the Lord for Pastor Steve and Pastor Yvonne. Thank you so much for um, opening your house and your pulpit. Um, I, I'm really one of those people that I'm very much relationship first, ministry later, sometimes even never. Sometimes it's just pure relationship and people are shocked when I come. Uh, I met an uh, amazing man of God in um, Arizona and he had me booked to preach in September but I said I'm going to come see you he said but you're coming in September I said no I just want to come shake your hand and say hi and and the people are really shocked that that you want to say hi to them but I guess everything in ministry these days sometimes can be so transactional and pulpit based that we forget we're real people and so um, thank you for feeding us I say all that to say thank you for feeding us uh, we ate well and uh, thank you for uh, just being authentic 
just being authentic. Can we start by blessing them? Do you mind just rising for a second? Uh, let's bless them. And can we get that, that wonderful Wush uh, pianist back up here for us as well? Um, either one of you just uh, can just uh, help me. I love a good worship atmosphere. Let's stretch our hands in their direction. You know, people often ask, why do you stretch hands? You know, because we want to keep an open heaven over them. And also we want to bless them like we want to be blessed. And so you reap what you sow. Amen. And so you want to, you, <laughs> how many came here because you want a word tonight? How many of you know Jesus is the word? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so you can, you can get, you can get a word from your neighbor. Did you know there's no junior Holy Spirit? That means God doesn't need Tommy to speak to you. God used a donkey. King James Version says, God opened the mouth of the ass. I'll let you take from that what you will. But let's stretch our hands in that direction. Father, we just bless you for this amazing man and this amazing woman of God. And Lord, we thank you for their lives. And God, we ask you right now, let heaven be open over them. I hope this is being recorded for them. Okay, you get good. I, anybody get a prophecy, please feel free to open up your tape recorder and play it on your phone. One reason is because you're going to want to go back and listen to it. Second reason is... I don't want you to say I said something I didn't say. Amen. So it's, it's to be accountable as well. So that you have a, uh, you know, somebody said to me one day that I said that they were going to marry somebody and they didn't marry the person. That's not what I said when we listened to the tape recording. It's that God will give you the desires of your heart. But, you know, take from that what you will. Uh, everybody has a filter system, I guess, and here's what they want to hear from prophecy. So, so stretch your hands in their direction. Father, we just thank you. We bless you. We thank you for the open heaven that's above them right now. We thank you for the cloud of witnesses that has championed them through this season. And I just hear the Spirit of God say that I have had you on a journey that you have actually had to change the vehicle that you use to ride this journey. And it's almost like if somebody changes from a car to a tractor, the Lord said, I had to increase your horsepower because I was showing you that the road ahead was rough and that you had to make something crooked straight. And so the Lord says that is not a pastoral anointing, that is an apostolic anointing. And so the Spirit of God says you have been ones that I have trusted to come into the land and break up the fallow ground and break up dense religious atmospheres. And the Lord says even break up the spirit of poverty and so the Lord says I made your your skull thick and your hands strong because the Lord said I did not want you to pander to the atmosphere of seeker sensitivity when I had a word of fire that I placed on the inside of the two of you and so the spirit of God says I made you like Jeremiah who I put fire in his bones and he could not hold it back even if he tried 
tried and the Lord says sometimes your your mouth and your voice has got you in trouble but the Lord says you were a man that was willing to speak what I said regardless of what people thought about it says the Lord and the Spirit of God says when they brought Jesus up they brought him before a tribunal and they brought him before a local council and they would debate what are we going to do with this man and I felt like when you came into this land people were wondering what on earth are we going to do with this man because the Spirit of God says you shook principalities that had sat over this region for centuries and the Lord says something that sat comfortably here for years you were able to move out but the Spirit of God says you're in a season now where pillars have fallen around about you and it looks like two strong pillars that the Lord says I pruned away because I wanted to show you Moses my servant is dead and the way you are going you have not been this way before and so the Lord says I didn't prune you to grieve you but the Lord says COVID for others was a downtime COVID for others was a rejoicing time but COVID for you was a mixed time because in the midst of great rejoicing you also encountered great grief and sorrow and the Spirit of God says part of the shaking was the Lord says I wanted to show you that now I have promoted you to fathers and mothers of a state says the Lord and the Spirit of God says with this anointing the Lord says I'm gonna show you that I have just increased your weapons that you fight with and the Lord says I have multiplied your footsteps and so the Spirit of God says son and daughter I'm taking the grieving clothes off of you for the Lord says I'm no longer giving you permission to weep over what was lost and who was lost for the Lord says now look for the new thing that I am doing in the earth says the Lord and the Spirit of God says this is a new time and in a new time the Lord says I stretch your wineskin that the Lord says new leadership might be set up and there might be a transition into the fullness of your apostolic DNA and so the Lord says where you've even begun to look out God who's next where's the legacy the Lord says I have drawn sons and daughters round you that the Lord says are loyal and the Spirit of God says you don't have to worry if they're ready for the Lord says the weight will prove them and so the Spirit of God says as you lay your impartation and as you lay your anointing the Lord says son and daughter this is not a retirement plan the Lord says this is an expansion plan and the Spirit of God says I am stretching you on the left I am stretching you on the right and the Lord says I am increasing something that I placed on you the Lord says when I called you into this region I called you as governmental apostles and governmental seers and what that means if you'll give me permission to touch this area I really felt like when I was speaking to um, not even on you <laughs> Shara I really felt like when I was speaking to Shara I said to her this place reminds me of her hometown Mississippi there's a feeling like you're in a Mississippi when you're here. It's, it's a, it carries the same um, issues. 
like a robbery, like a, a forgotten state almost, and like a like a like like an old oppression uh, that 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 was there. It, it carries that same Mississippi feel, and I and the I hear the Lord say, "Well done for not participating with the atmosphere." I see that. Um, I feel like corruption, and I'm just going to speak over what I saw in the state when I came here. I felt like cor corruption happened, and we had dinner and we spoke about this, but I felt like corruption happened because of a mayor previous. Like I, I, I was telling them, it wasn't this mayor, it was like a mayor previous. And I saw it almost like when people say, um, I'm not racist, I have, a, uh, I have a black friend. Have you ever heard somebody say that? I almost felt like this previous mayor was put in position to say over this state, we're not racist. We have a this mayor. I know I'm not going to get any amens off of this one. I don't, you know, it's okay. I'm just going to say what I see. But I felt like corruption came in. I felt like perversion came in. And I felt like the, the, you were contending with something bigger than just church. You were contending with ideologies that was trying to turn this state into a goat state. And when we say goat state, we mean a state that's given over to darkness. And I really believe God has planted you in this place to shift what others have said would be segregation um, sentimentality in the body of Christ. And the Spirit of God says, I have birthed a true Pentecost here. I have birthed a gathering of people of diverse races, diverse colors, and diverse creeds. And you have been ones that have held fast to truth. And so the Lord says, I give you now the keys to the city. And the Spirit of God says, I will release over the two of you, by the time we are done, city transformation. I see two people that you've considered brothers, senior brothers and fathers in the faith, and I just see shaking. I see them shaking. And I, and I see where you were looking out on the left and the right for support. It was like God took away all of the support systems that was an infrastructure around the two of you. And I hear the Spirit of God say, and I even see, the reason I'm saying two is because I actually see two angels standing beside you. And I see that there has been a replacement of comfort. That your comfort now has to be supernatural. It's not even a natural anymore. And, and I really believe that it is because the Lord has trusted you now with an entrustment of fatherhood and motherhood over this state. 
and one of our prophets gave a word that I believe rings so true God is going to expand you and he's going to increase you and where all nations was a location is going to be locations and there is an apostolic expansion plan that's coming and the Spirit of God says I've given you a vision for the next three years to plow at the young people like never before and the Lord says I birthed it on the inside of your heart because you didn't want to see a lost generation and so the Spirit of God says I am backing up your plan and we are going to deal with teenage pregnancies. We're going to deal with the suicide that has been hitting this state. We are going to deal, says the Spirit of God, with mental health issues and depression. And the Lord says, the young will lead a rallying cry for a generation to come in, just like I showed you. So Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare strength upon this man and woman of God. Lord, they needed a word from you. Lord, we just breathe right now. Go ahead, Chera. Go ahead, um, Andrea. Like, just put your hand on their back right now. Father, we just declare strength. Strength, strength. And Lord, where this attack tried to come upon their bodies, we rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. And God, we just command the healing power of Jesus' name, that glory that they're feeling all over them right now, let it come and strike at the core of every sickness, every disease, every ailment. Go now in the name of Jesus. We speak fresh life upon them now in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. 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 The ones that stand get a prophecy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. This precious man in the orange uh, t-shirt, I guess it's because you're wearing a high visibility t-shirt. You get a word today. <laughs> Tell me your name. Leo, switch your hands in Leo's direction. Aren't you glad there's such an open heaven here? Father, we bless you for Leo. And Leo, I hear the Spirit of God say, Son, have we got a recorder for Leo? Okay, somebody's recording for you. Don't worry, they'll get it to you. I hear the Spirit of God say, Leo, the Lord says, Son, I'm putting the trainer back on the inside of you. I'm putting that which is called to train and teach and coach a generation for me. And the Spirit of God says, This is going to be a season where I re-examine that anointing that I placed on the inside of you to be a leader of leaders and a bringer in of another generation. And the Lord says, son, there is a season where I'm going to show you that I put a voice on the inside of you that the Lord says a generation will listen to. And the Spirit of God says it's going to be leadership. The Lord says it's going to be coaching. The Lord says it's going to be training. And the Spirit of God says, son, 
around it's going to exist in a way that people are going to feel like you've brought the young and brought them into a season of maturity and mentorship that has accelerated beyond its time but the Lord says this the Spirit of God says son it's not just a ministry the Lord says I put a business anointing on you as well and so the Spirit of God says you are going to have to rise up like a young Melchizedek who knows that I've called you to prosper in the marketplace and prosper in the ministry and where you thought it was either or the Spirit of God says no son it is both that I'm raising on the inside of you at the same time and the Spirit of God says son I place a testimony on the inside of you and the Lord says you don't look like where you came from for the Spirit of God says I gave you qualifications that don't even exist in your family today and the Lord says I shook you out of a place of poverty and the Lord says I showed you that you can break a generational thing that has been going on in your family for centuries and the Lord says that I can use you as a game changer and so the Lord says you are my game changer says the Spirit of God and the Lord says son I have placed such a spirit of adoption over you that the Spirit of God says son it's going to show you I have been your father since you were young says the Lord and the Spirit of God says I have taken fatherhood rights over you that the Lord says I might show you my hand of adoption is over you I raised you and the Lord says this I'm jealous for you and no one will say I made you rich says the Spirit of God and I don't know if you are married are you married is your wife here we're going to prophesy over her through you. The Spirit of God says over your wife, the Lord says I'm lifting the housewife syndrome off of her. I am lifting her from the place of just nurturing the family, taking care of the kids. And the Lord says I am releasing upon her the prophetic destiny. For the Spirit of God says she is a prophet and a dreamer. And the Lord says I gave her gifts of sight, gifts of intercession. And the Lord says I even gave her a gift of discernment that saved you and your family time with without number and the Lord says I have made her like the pit bull that says I don't trust this one I don't think you should go near this one I don't think you should speak to this one and the Lord says son I want you to know just like Abraham I had to say listen to the voice of your wife for the Lord says I gave you a pastoral heart but I gave her a prophetic sword and the Lord says when the sword drops it means things have to shift round about you I married the two of you together supernaturally and the Lord says I gave you visions separately of who you were going to marry and I connected you by my grace and so the Lord says you know the testimony that pulled the two of you together was truly a match made in heaven and so the Spirit of God says this the Lord says I'm gonna call for combined strength to rest upon the two of you for the next season ahead and the Lord says I'm gonna lift her out of some of that apathy that she felt like she got into and the Spirit of God says there's gonna be open doors of opportunity that are going to come round about her in this next season to get back into some work things and to get back into some function things and the Spirit of God says she's going to feel like a fresh wind has come underneath her wings again. Father right now in the name of Jesus we declare over the two of them that Lord you are using this season in their life as a season of repositioning for kingdom advancement's sake and I just see that 
you're sucking all the prophetic atmosphere out of the room, but I just see where the Lord says, I promised you houses. I promised you houses. And so the Lord says, can I release the oil for property anointings upon you? That you might be a man that establishes homes. And the Lord says that I've given you a wife that nurtures and cares for a reason. Because the Lord says some houses are going to be commercial. But the Lord says some houses are going to be for the housing of a young people that don't have homes for themselves. And so the Lord says, I am releasing the spirit of adoption upon your home. That the Lord says, you might know that I've called you to be fathers and mothers of a generation. Father, we release this upon the two of them right now. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. Now you can be seated. Thank you. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad God is in this place? Amen. I want to talk very quickly about some books I have, if that's okay. I do a very bad job of talking about my books everywhere I preach and I forget to talk about it. So I'm going to start there just for some time. This is my favorite book. I've written about 13. Oh, there's a camera. Oh, there. Boom. Thank you. This is my favorite book. Um, it's called Eat, Sleep, Prophesy, Repeat. And I'm going to be teaching out of this book tonight. Um, it's a book for those who want to walk in the prophetic, those who uh, want to learn how to discern the voice of God. Um, in here, I talk about five biblical ways to discern God's voice. Um, so many truths are in this book and it's forwarded by my spiritual mother dr sharon stone and it's been sold thousands of times received hundreds of reviews on amazon just in case you want to check out the reviews before you order it and it's it's just a a really easy digest in healthy prophetic oh who wants this well they're sold at the back you can get your copy <laughs> Uh, I'm actually going to give this to your pastors if that's okay. Cheryl, why don't you come up and get it for them? Amen. Let's honor them. This is an amazing book I've written. I'm just showing you my two latest books. This one's called The Cosmopolitan Christian. It's for those who are trying to understand how do I take this outside of my church? How do I take this into my workplace? How do I become effective in the kingdom in every area of my life? Not just in church or in ministry, but outside as well. Um, this is a great book for those who want to understand how to be light in a dark world, salt and light in a dark world. And I'm just going to hold out my hand here and whoever takes it by force gets this copy of this book. <laughs> Um, there we go. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. So um, the, if you want, I'll be out there at the back to make sure I sign copies of books. Um, I want to... I want to... Say, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it. Um, if you're 
under the age of 17, wave at me, 17 under, you get the books for free. Okay. okay. I'm looking at my boss to make sure it's okay. So if you're 17 and under, just pick up a book and uh, I'll sign it. Please don't pretend. I'm a prophet, I'll know it. <laughs> Even if you've just turned 18, I'll figure it out, okay? So, uh, uh, um, I want to talk tonight about the prophetic, if that's okay. I want to I turn this into a school. Can we do that? Can we do that? Okay, so uh, we, we've been doing this now. Gosh, I got saved at 15. I became an ordained pastor at 16 years old. And uh, I planted my first church at 17. At 18 and 19, we planted 16 more churches. And I've written 18 books, about to add another 99 to that uh, fold of books. And I'm just, I, the reason I'm saying this is because I didn't wait to grow old to grow up. You can grab this right now. It all depends on how hungry you are. The secret to the supernatural is hunger. And so for those of you who are thinking, gosh, I haven't heard you in a long time. Who's, who's there right now? You're like, God, I just haven't heard you in a long time. Okay, if you're there, keep your hand up if you've prayed the prayer, God, make me hungrier for you. I want to be hungrier, right? Same people you find who don't hear God's voice are the ones who are asking for hunger. Because how many know hunger is produced by starvation? I'm only going to preach to the amen crowd, by the way. So I'm a, I'm a shouter by trade. So I'm, I'm African. So if you don't shout, I feel nervous. So just, just say amen so I feel like I'm in church. Good. So, so just, to, just to point out to you, starvation is the secret to hunger. And so sometimes God will starve you. We haven't heard that theology before. Sometimes God will starve you to produce hunger in you. And so if you're not hearing God right now, it's a good thing because God will lift just to produce hunger. He said to the children of Israel, I starved you. That, that's Bible. He said, I starved you. I fed you with manna, which neither you nor your children wanted that I might show you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so God was showing these people that the reason why they are where they are is because God is trying to produce hunger through starvation so that they can begin to hunger for the voice of God. Come on, who's hungry for the voice of God? We just heard about it. Bartimaeus was hungry. Hunger makes a noise, by the way. I said, who's hungry for the voice of God? Because hunger makes a noise. True hunger makes a noise. True hunger is, is it, it's desperate. True hunger doesn't care how cute it looks. True hunger doesn't care that whether its Bible matches its shoes. True hunger doesn't care, you know, how, how wonderful it's, it, it's, its weave is tonight. True hunger. <laughs> yes, I came for it all. True hunger doesn't care about any of that. True hunger is just hungry. All it cares about is the food. And true hunger is the true way to be filled. 
True hunger. When you're truly hungry for God, true hunger is the only way to be filled. And so I want to talk about this thing called hunger. But first of all, I want to ask a question. How many of you are prophets in this house? Wave at me. Okay. How many of you hear God's voice? Wave at me if you hear God's voice. Okay, good, good, good. John 10, 27. Let's start there. John 10, 27. That's our premise scripture. Are we there? Do we have Bibles? Who has a Bible? Who has a Bible that's here? Good, good, good. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. So who here is prophetic today? Wave at me. Okay, do me a favor. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Hold it. Hold it. And just... Good. You all qualify. Am I right? My sheep hear my voice. He didn't say my shepherds hear my voice. He didn't say my preachers hear my voice. He didn't say my special ones hear my voice. If you are God's sheep, you can hear God's voice. So what you see me do tonight, you should be able to do as well. Because we're all God's sheep. And God's sheep can hear God's voice. So I want to start with that premise because I want you to understand there's no junior Holy Spirit. The same God that speaks through me is the same God that speaks through you. And tonight, you're going to prove it. (laughs) You know what? One amen is good enough for me. I'm I'm good with it. I'll take the one. But I want to talk very quickly about the anatomy of the prophetic. Then we're going to do some activations. Yes, I know you came here to receive. But better it is to give than to receive. And so you're going to give something to somebody next to you tonight. And you're going to, be, you're going to go home going, wow, I can hear God's voice. Wow, that's pretty deep. That's pretty cool. Everybody can hear the voice of God. And I want to activate you in this understanding. So here's, here we go. There are three anatomies of the prophetic. And I hope you're taking good notes because uh, good notes means that you're, you're, you're ready to practice this in a minute. The first anatomy of the prophetic, actually there are four if you'll believe it. The first anatomy of the prophetic, very quickly, is called the office of the prophet. Some say the office of the prophet. The second anatomy of the prophetic is called the gift of prophecy. Some say the gift of prophecy. The third anatomy of the prophetic is called the spirit of prophecy. Some say spirit of prophecy. The fourth anatomy of the prophetic is called the friend of God. Some say the friend of God. Not all prophets are friends, but all friends are considered prophets. This is the amen corner. I don't know why I keep going over there. I guess I'm mistaking them because they're young. I'm hoping they're going to shout the loudest, but I guess the shout is here. Amen. Oh, goodness me. So, So there are four anatomies of the prophetic. There is the gift of prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, the office of the prophet, and the friend of God. These are the four. I happen to be in the office of the prophet. I 
pray. I'm a friend of God as well. I, I, I'm going to show you how those realms are separate, but the same in many ways. Um, the gift of prophecy is written about in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 as one of the 12 gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it is a power gift, and it is the greatest gift. In fact, the Bible tells us to covet that gift, but the gift of prophecy prophesies to the church for the building up of the church. Now, RIG is an equipping ministry. We're not, we're not really just an evangelistic ministry. We're an equipping ministry, so I want to equip you, okay? The gift is for the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the saints. That's the gift of prophecy. And so the gift is not uh, supposed to step into areas of strong rebuke or areas of national uh, ramifications. The gift is supposed to build up the church. The Bible says of this gift that when somebody who's an outsider comes in and hears you prophesying, everybody's hearts are convicted. Have you noticed tonight that just by prophesying over one person, you all felt like you were being prophesied to, right? Everybody's hearts get convicted when the spirit of prophecy is in the room. We grew a very large church, one of the largest churches in Windsor. We grew uh, from the ground up through the gift of prophecy. Within the space of three months, the church was already 300 members strong. And that's because that's all we could fit in the room. There were people in the foyer and in the corridors and outside. Why? Because the, when the gift of prophecy is in operation, the gift of prophecy will grow the church. That's the gift. And so we trained everybody in the gift. Our ushers were trained in the gift. Our young people were trained in the gift. So the moment a stranger walked in to the room, it wasn't, hello, come to your seat or come meet the pastor. It was, hey, uh, can I tell you what God is saying about you? Imagine a newcomer coming in and the usher at the door is equipped to hear God's voice. Come on. That, that, that's the kind of thing that devastates the kingdom of darkness when the saints are moving in their kingdom ministry. And, and all of a sudden the usher standing at the door, I have a word for you. And, and they come into the church, they're already weeping from before the service has begun. They're weeping through the sermon. And by the time they go home, they invite their kids and their, everybody. There's a church down there you walk through the door everybody's telling you what God has to say about them the church grew so strong we were in Windsor UK if you know where Windsor is if you've seen the Golden Jubilee Windsor is where the Queen lives I was actually the Queen's next-door neighbor my house was right next door to the Queen's castle yes so I used to stretch my hands to the wall and just, just declare over her every morning we wake up. True story, we would. And let me tell you what happened. Transformation happened so quickly through the release of the gift of prophecy that the Queen of England found out what we were doing. And the Queen of England sent her personal assistant to our church. Yes. Yes. Because when you are releasing Jesus in the atmosphere, it changes the city. 
And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you release it in the atmosphere, guess what? This state, Tallahassee, cannot remain the same when Jesus is being revealed by every single believer in the house of God. And that's my faith. That's my belief. My faith is that the remnant will rise up as the end time army of God. And they will transform every city they're in. When the queen found out about this, she sent her PA. And her PA wrote to us. A PA came to us and said, can I get a prophetic word? We prophesied over her. She said, the queen sent me. She heard about what you were doing. Do you have a word for her? Oh, you don't know. And so, and so we got the tape recorder, and I prophesied, Dr. Sham prophesied, a couple of other prophets prophesied, and we sent the word. She wrote a letter about a week, two weeks later, saying, thank you so much for this prophetic word. Can you please send more? I'm telling you, folks, the prophetic changes nations. I've seen it firsthand. And when you have a church that is equipped to hear God's voice, you change every place you step into by this gift of prophecy. This gift so transformed Windsor that there was a woman who came to the meeting and she said, can you tell me where that tourist church everybody's talking about is? Windsor's a tourist town. So people would call us the tourist church because they heard that if you go there, you find your way. A prominent vicar came to our church and she was a lesbian. Yes, because in the Church of England, you can now ordain lesbians. And we didn't know this, but we're in the meeting, stand her up, and we say, the Spirit of God says this, Spirit of God says this, and the Lord says, I am not judging you for that unrighteous relationship you're in. I am pulling you closer to me. And the Lord says, where you have been confused with your identity, the Spirit of God says, I'm transforming it. And all of a sudden, listen, this woman vicar came to us at the end and said, I've been so convicted to break up with my girlfriend. And since you've released that word, I'm going to do it. And then invited us to the Church of England. And prophets don't go to the Church of England, folks. To come and prophesy. And so we came to the Church of England and there is these... Have you ever met religious people? You know... You know, there are people who you cast demons out of them, and then there are, there are, anyway. <laughs> oh, this person was so, this group was so religious, the atmosphere was dead. And I'm sitting there in this atmosphere, and they're judging, because they're like, how can you invite these people to our services and you can feel the religious tension and so all of a sudden Dr. Sharon says to me she says hey tell me why don't you get in a group with them and show them how to prophesy I was like well thanks <laughs> so I get in this group with the, the leader of the of the whatever the you know you, you have border deacons and you have border demons I guess so I get with this leader 
and I'm standing next to him, I'm partnering with him, and he's so looking at me, he's like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't trust you prophets. I said, okay, that's fine, that's, uh, I'm encouraged, you know. And I have to have a word for him. So I close my eyes, clench my butt cheeks. <laughs> say, God, please, anything. I mean, come on, how many have to do that once in a while? <laughs> Just give me anything. I'll take, I'll take anything right now. Because when the atmosphere is religious, it can kill the anointing. It really can. Please, God, please, just give me a word. And all of a sudden, I see this man on a motorbike, and he falls off the motorbike. Then I see him in one of those triathlons running. And he, no, first I see him in triathlon running. He, he, and then he gets injured. Then I see him swimming. Then he gets injured. Then I see him jogging. Then he gets injured. Then I see him cycling. Then he gets injured. Then I see him on a motorbike. And he's doing real fine. So I was like, okay. He's looking at me. <laughs> Even my praying in tongues was upsetting him because they don't pray in tongues in the Church of England. So I look up at him and I say, I saw you swimming, and then you got injured, then you went on a bicycle, no, then you ran, then you got injured, then you're on a bicycle, then you got injured, and I see you on a motorbike, and you're doing just fine. He starts weeping. This was not a deep word. <laughs> I was so nervous looking at this poor man. This was not a deep word. All of a sudden, he looked at me, he said, I used to do triathlons, and I used to do swimming, running, walking, and each one of those injured me. And I just believed God. I said, God, please talk to my wife because I, I want to get a motorbike, and, and she's going to talk me out of it. And I bought a motorbike, and I feel convicted ever since. But you just told me. <laughs> I'm on a motorbike, and I'm enjoying it. That, that was all the thing he needed. And the atmosphere broke open. And now everybody in the room is receiving prophecy because of one person. Let me tell you one more story. I was invited to preach in the second largest female prison in Europe. And this is a prison that houses like the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Murderers. Uh, rape, not rapists, but I guess drug addicts, all of it. I'm invited to, there to preach. It's my first time in prison, by the way. My record is clean. And so here I am in this prison, and these ladies come out who obviously haven't seen a man in a very long time. So I'm, I'm meat. I'm, I'm pastor meat, okay? And so they're sitting there, whoo hoo, yeah, wow, wolf howling, and, and yeah, making all these innuendos and whispering to each other and saying all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there's me with my Holy Ghost fearing God self, just like, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there just you know, clothed into myself and trying to be dignified and, and you know, I, we can tell they're talking, my assistant's like, they're talking about you. I was like, I know, shut up, you know? <laughs> and so I get up there and, and, I, and 
instead of preaching, I stand up this, this, um, this, this um, woman. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God starts speaking. And the Lord says, I know you want to transition to being a man because you're not comfortable in your own skin. And the whole room, I kid you not, oh, beep, beep, beep. You can, there was no censoring machine in that room, but everybody, you know, because they don't know how to say amen, right? <laughs> like, like we do in church. They weren't trained to go praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, blessing time, offering time. So their only response was, oh, blank, oh, blank, beep, beep. Now they're no longer looking at me. They're all looking at Jesus. And this, this woman is in tears, breaking down in front of me, because she was ready, in one week she was about to be released from prison on parole, and she was going to use that week to have a sex change. And everybody knew about it. Everybody in the prison knew about it. So they invited me back again. Can you come back next week and do the, the, the psychic thing? Because they have no word, right? They don't have a grid for what's going on. Even if you say the spirit of God says, or, and you can't even say that really in a prison because they don't even understand the language the Lord says. So you have to find a different way to, to, to talk to them, you know, but still connect it to the Lord. So next time they brought me back, I'm prophesying again. And this time they made me prophesy over near everybody in the room. And there were about 40 inmates in that room. And I mean, my mouth was dry by the time I was done, but there wasn't a dry eye in the room. And I'm... Oh. True story. So at the end, when I said, who wants to give their life to Christ? Every hand went up to receive Jesus Christ. Why? Because the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Can I tell you one more story? Yes. I was in an Uber. Yes. In the Netherlands. Where was I? Netherlands? Yes. Yes. I was in an Uber in the Netherlands. I just got... No, Amsterdam. Is that Netherlands? Yes. Same place. I was in Amsterdam. Sorry. <laughs> That's how bad my geography is. The prophetic doesn't stretch in that area. So I was, in, I, was in, um, I was in an Uber in Amsterdam. Um, we just got done in a meeting, my twin brother and I. Um, there were about maybe two, three thousand people gathered in a prophetic training in Amsterdam. And we'd just gone finished, it was midnight, I was exhausted. And I didn't want to wait for the protocol team to take us back to the hotel, so my brother and I decided we were just gonna book an Uber and go back. And a guy picked us up, his name was Muhammad. You don't need a prophetic word to know which faith Muhammad is of. So Muhammad picked us up, and as we're in the back seat of the car, exhausted, Muhammad looks, and he looks through his wind mirror and he says, brothers, brothers, what do you do? Where, where are you from? I said, we're from England. He says, what are you doing in that building there? And I said, we're um, doing a... Uh, and you know, you have to think. We're doing a, I guess we're doing... Well, it's a church service. He says, okay, okay, yes. Jesus is a prophet. Yes, brothers. He's a great prophet in our religion. You know, we're of the same faith. 
We're really not of the same faith. They worship Allah, we worship Alpha, amen? Ours is, ours is Abba, not Allah. He's like, yes, our prophet. Yeah, uh, bless his soul. Jesus is our, he's a great prophet in our religion. I said, oh, that's great. And my brother went all Benny Hinn on him, you know. <laughs> my brother. <laughs> he's not just a prophet. He's the son of God. And, you know, my brother's having a whole Benny Hinn service on the guy. And the, and the guy's just now, he's speeding up. You can hear the because he's like, I got two crazies in the back. He's like, mm, mm, yes, brother, yes, brother. And now my brother's preaching, preaching, preaching. Guy's like, mm, mm, you can tell when someone's not listening anymore. Like, mm, mm, mm. So I tap my brother, Toby, Toby. And he's still preaching. Now he's getting offended that I'm tapping him mid his, his amazing exegesis about Jesus. I Toby, Toby, Toby. He says, what? Prophesy to him. He says, You prophesy to him. And now we're fighting in the backseat of the car as to who's going to prophesy to him. And so he said the question that was the grand opening Brothers, what do you do for a living? And I said, Oh, we have the privilege of telling people what Jesus has to say about them. Would you like to hear what he has to say about you? And he looked at us and he said, yeah, what? He said, yes. And all of a sudden, my brother got a little bit more prophetic. And we both started to pray over him. And all of a sudden, I, we said, uh, God says he knows you left your father's business and now your dad has disowned you and you're trying to make money through your Uber business and you're actually using your Uber money to pay for your drug addiction and you're due to have court in two weeks uh, to settle the court case. And we're prophesying over this guy. I I'll tell you what he does. He slows down. <laughs> Listen, the turning says at the end of the road, turn right. He turns left. He's like, brothers! How did you know this? I have a court case next week. Please pray to your God that I can get out of this court case. He says, yes, and my father disowned me. That's why I'm running this rubbish business and I don't want to be here. I want to be blah, And so we're like, okay, we're going to pray for you now. So my brother reaches out. I reach out. We're praying in tongues over the man. And he's like, amen, 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 amen. And he said, when you get home, you make sure you receive Jesus into your heart. He says, yes, brothers. Yes, brothers. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you've changed my life. And we drive off. he drives off, and that was the end of that journey. But we witness time and time again, when you release the gift of the Spirit on the inside of you, that that testimony bears witness to other people that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I may only get to talk about the gift today, if that's okay. And if, if your pastors love me as much as I love them, we'll come back. But I want, I want to see the nation changed by prophetic people 
We've seen nations changed by prophecy. And it, it starts with one person. Jesus meets a Samaritan woman and tells her you've been married five times and the person you're living with isn't your husband. She runs into the city, say, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. And in that moment, the whole city is transformed through one person receiving a prophetic word. I'm telling you, we've seen this in every place we've been to. I rarely go to a country where I don't get to see the president, the vice president, or the governor because somebody's told, somebody's told somebody that there's a prophetic well that you can tap into. And at this stage of my life, I don't want to be the only one. I want to see, like Moses, all God's people are prophets and the Lord puts his spirit on them all. Now let me say this, the prophetic is very messy. Oh, you know, in the, same, in the one verse, Moses said, it's my desire that all God's people are prophets and they're all prophesying. Then in the next verse, Miriam and Aaron try to use their gift as one-upmanship against the leader. And that's why most churches don't want the prophetic, because it's messy. The Bible says this, where there are no oxen, there is no mess. But if you want a great harvest, you need to get oxen. Do you know what that means? Let me give it in the King Tommy translation. When there's no oxen, there's no poo. Isn't that right? When there's no oxen, there's no poo. That's what we want in our churches, no poo. But the consequence of the lack of the oxen is that you have to use a lot of manpower if you want to harvest. But the benefit of oxen is when you get them, the harvest is a lot easier. The prophetic and apostolic, when it comes into a church, it turns you into a harvester, a juggernaut harvester, a, a big you know those big machines, what do you call them? Combine harvester, thank you. When you're, when you're doing it by yourself and you're just doing evangelism, you're like a, a one-man plow, sweating all day and all night just to get the harvest. When the prophetic is there, it transforms nations. I could tell you so many stories, but I don't want to go there. I want to do at least one activation today. So how do I come into this, Tommy? I'm so glad you asked. Jesus meets a man who's crippled, and he says to him, your sins are forgiven. They look at him and say, that's kind of blasphemy. You can't forgive sins. And he said, which is easier to say? Pick up your mat and walk, or your sins are forgiven, that you might know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. Did you hear it? 
He said, which is easier to say? Pick up your mat or your sins are forgiven. What does that mean? The same power that saves you is the same power that heals you. It's the same power that you prophesy through. It's not a different power. It's the same power. But somewhere along the line, we stopped at salvation. And then somewhere, some of us stopped at speaking in tongues. It's the same power. It's grace. And grace is not the ability to keep on sinning. Grace is the ability to operate in the divine power of God that enables you to live a supernatural life above sin. It's grace. It's all grace. Tell me, how do you do what you do? Grace. I realized it took the power of God to save me. If God could save me, he can save anybody. Took his power. And the power of God is the same power through which I prophesy. So how do you receive the gift? You receive the gift through impartation. You receive the gift through hunger. Just like, how many can speak in tongues here? A lot of you, filled with the Holy Ghost. That's great. Can I, let me point you to another scripture, 1 Corinthians 14. Let's go there for a second. He says, earnestly pursue the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Covet the gifts, but especially prophecy. Somewhere along the line, we stopped at tongues. But we didn't realize the greatest of all the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of prophecy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the Spirit. So if I stand you up and I say, Amen. Were you blessed? You were blessed? Wow, you must have the gift of interpretation. Right? If I turn that gift into prophecy, she's edified. You know, if I just go, oh, Reki Sakando, Riba Kashende, Rando Kusana, Indorabosaya. Amen. But if I say, oh, and the Lord says, you are hungry for the next season of breakthrough and you've been through life 1.0 and now you're in life 2.0 and the spirit of God says you others don't know what I've had to renew on the inside of you to
to be the woman of strength that you are today because there were some things and relationships that you had to walk away from just to carry grace and strength. And the Lord says, I am now equipping you with a new authority to walk in grace and power and the anointing. And the Lord says, you came here because you felt like your last word had run its season and you're looking for the next word of grace. And the next word is this, the place where you are in is too small. I'm expanding and enlarging you that I might move you to a place of harvest. And the Lord says, where you felt complacent, God, I just feel like I'm stuck in this one place. The Lord says, I'm releasing grace for the next season of outpouring. And the Lord says, where the wells of the prophetic felt like they dried up and my voice was choked up for a season, there is a new watering hole that's coming to you now. And you're going to feel like a well-watered garden in Jesus' name. Amen. Now look. How many of you know, I'm practicing, the Holy Spirit is not practicing, right? Did that bless you? <laughs> Good. So you can unlock this river, just think about this, just pause, young people pause for a second. All of God lives in you. I don't think you heard that. All of God lives in you. And he's waiting to get out. How old are you? Yeah. 14. Wow. I started ministry a year after you. 15. When I was about 16, I got into a relationship. And this was me rebelling against God. I said, I don't want this prophetic thing anymore. I want a relationship. And so I met this girl in a library, and I've always feared God. You know, I, I just never kissed anyone, never, never drank alcohol, never did drugs. I just always feared God. So this one was like, no, I'm going to have a girlfriend, and I'm going to kiss her. <laughs> and the next day, this girl that I met, we were going on a date in the park because when you don't have money, you go on dates in the park. And that day, it started to rain. And I put my finger up and I said, God, you're not going to ruin this date. I'm going out in the rain. So I grabbed an umbrella and I went out. And here I am on this date with this young lady, about 15, 16 years old. I'm sitting down next to her and we're talking and she's talking and I'm trying to be cool. And <laughs> you know, put on, put on the voice, you know, ha ha, hey, 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 yeah, yeah. And um, all of a sudden, it, it starts to rain again. And she's drenched. And I'm just like, okay, don't worry, just sit under my umbrella. We're going to have this date. I mean, I was adamant nothing is going to ruin this moment and all of a sudden she looked at me and she said hmm she said you know what I really like you I said cha-ching but then all of a sudden this this voice rose up in me I just I just had this conviction I said well you know I know you're using me because of your last boyfriend John broke your heart two days ago and she looked at me 
did you know that? Are you a psychic? I said, no. I said, can we get back to our date? I mean, I have a chapter in my book called God Ruined My Date. Destroyed. It, what started off as a date became an altar call. Because when this word gets in a generation, it becomes like fire shut up in their bones. And they grow weary of holding it back and they have to release it wherever they are. When we started in our school, in our high school, we started three revivals in our, in, our, in our school. By the end of school, every lunchtime, our teachers would come at the end of school and cry out to Jesus with us. Why? Because the prophetic transforms lives. So how do I operate in this? Let's, let's get there very quickly. I know time is not on our side. Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking with tongues, how will it benefit you unless I bring you some revelation, knowledge, prophecy, or teaching? How many can speak in tongues? Look at this. Then tongues releases revelation, knowledge, prophecy, and teaching. Tongues are not for the sake of tongues. Hello? Tongues are not for the sake of tongues. I don't speak in tongues to speak in tongues. I speak in tongues so I can give a revelation, a word of knowledge, a teaching, or a prophecy. Let me tell you something. There are times where I just don't know what to say over people. I go into a quiet room. Stir up the gift, Paul told Timothy. You stir it up by praying in tongues. When you're praying in tongues, that engine is running. How many of you have prayed in tongues and you start seeing pictures? That's, that's, that's prophecy. Some say, what does a vision look like? Let me tell you what a vision looks like. A vision looks like a big TV screen at the back of your head that shows up and all of a sudden I start, no. A vision, when I say I have a vision, let me tell you what I mean. God's using my imagination to speak to me. This is it. So how do you know? Tell me, how do you know it's your imagination, not God's imagination? Faith. Because I ask him, he won't give me a snake. It's that simple. I want to give you something so simple that you can do today. So when, when I'm praying in tongues, God's giving me a picture. He's speaking into my, into my mind. My carnal mind is unrenewed, but my spiritual mind is, is, is catching something. It may be a small picture, it may be a word, or it may even be a feeling. Something you feel. Like when I came into this place, I felt like it was like Mississippi. I don't even know what that means, but I think there's a prophetic word in there somewhere. It felt like Mississippi. I didn't hear it, I sensed it. So prophecy releases teaching, knowledge, Tongues releases teaching, words of knowledge, revelation, and prophecy. I was invited to meet a senator just a couple of weeks ago. And the senator wanted a word. 
and he told somebody to tell me what the word he wanted was. <laughs> he did. Will I be re-elected? That was the word. In Abuja. And I said, hmm, God, I've never been a witch before. <laughs> I, I want you to speak to me about anything else but that. That's what I said to God. Because people could manipulate you and you become their performing seal and then when the word doesn't come to pass, they come and find you. And so I just prayed in tongues on the journey. And as I'm praying, I see this man tied up in a court case with the federal government and they're suing him. The feds are suing him for embezzlement of funds. So I get to the man's house. Let me tell you what happened when I got to the man's house. My PA is with me. And he looked at the house and he said, wow, this is a wonderful estate. And the driver said, this is not an estate, this is his whole house. The house was a shopping mall. It was not a house, it was huge. Stolen money, huge. Get to the front door, there's stairs wide. I mean, my PA was just like, wow. He's walking, wow. Wow. I said, can you behave yourself here? Do something. Have some decorum, please. I mean, it was wow. It was, I'm not going to lie, it was wow. I've never seen a house like that, and I've seen a lot of big, rich houses. That house was wow. But I held my wow in, okay? <laughs> Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. But he was, wow. Wow. I said, close your mouth. <laughs> we got into the room. The senator came in. And you know. Wife walked in like this. And uh, they were so glad to see me. They were like, oh, we've heard about you. We've watched you on YouTube. You're an amazing prophet, blah, 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 blah. And they're talking to Can we prophesy over you now? I said, yes. Uh, um, so they came, I prophesied over them. I said, I know you want me to speak about whether or not you will be this, 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 but I'm not going to do that. Spirit of God says, I'm dealing with some financial corruption that you got into with a court case with the federal government. And they went, Jesus. <laughs> All of a sudden, the senatorial decorum. You saw them shake, visibly shake. This was just a couple of weeks ago. Visibly shake. And if... And the Lord says, I will show you mercy and I will show you vindication in the court if you will honor me, repent, and serve me. And they knelt down on their knees and they cried. Why well, am I telling you this? Because the prophetic is the one gift that gets to leave the building. 
Listen, it can go with you in your workplace, on your job. Everywhere you are, there's somebody that needs a word from God. Gosh, I've got to tell you guys this story. I was invited to the United Nations. Um, one of the presidents said, you know, in Geneva, not New York, the United Nations need prophets. Can you come and prophesy with these prophets? I said, sure, I'll come. So I came to the United Nations, and they gathered some, they gathered some, um, some ambassadors of nations together. One of them was an ambassador from a Muslim nation. How do I know it? Because she came out in Muslim. <laughs> so she comes in, and they sit down, and now my heart's beating. You know, because I'm used to prophesying of Christians. Because you can say, I see eagles behind you. <laughs> and as the eagle is rising, the Lord is saying, he loveth thou. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> it's easy, right? But now you're in a, how do you prophesy this? So I looked at this, um, this people. I looked at this people. Thank you. I looked, I looked at these people. <laughs> I'm a prophet. So I looked at these people. And I said to them, um, hmm. okay, let's get into the activation. Sorry, I'm just listening to the Lord. Stand up. Find somebody you don't know too well or you don't like. Either one's fine. <laughs> Find yourself a partner. Can I get somebody on this piano just to help us? The Bible says, to them that worship God have this testimony, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, you can just say hi, how are you, nice to meet you. That's great. Good, everybody find somebody. Everybody find somebody. Everybody find somebody. Everybody find somebody. Okay. So we're going to practice, okay? Look at your partner and say, I give you permission to practice on me. Okay? We're going to have a school today. You ready? Now lift your hands just very quickly. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. I release this impartation upon them right now. This same gift, the same anointing that you've placed on my life is transferable. Some of you just caught that. Receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. Right now, just grab a hold of it. It's yours, it's your children's. It's these young people over here receive this impartation in Jesus' name. Amen. Now what you're going to do, the Bible says, my people have not because they ask not. Isn't that right? My people have not because they ask not. <laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to release, ask God to show you an area of your partner's life that he wants to bring healing and restoration to. Okay? Now let me tell you some areas to avoid. We're not going to talk about sin. Come on now. And 
you know, we're not going to talk about addictions. Let's just stay clear of those areas. We're just asking for an area in your partner's heart that God is dealing with, healing, and delivering. And then once you've found that area, your partner's going to say, that's so true. And you're going to say, can I pray for you and just release healing over you in that area? Why? Because God is not a doctor that diagnoses and leaves you. He reveals to redeem. And so you're not just going to go, wow, thank God. I'm so glad that was a great word. You keep carrying that heavy load on your shoulders. God bless you. No, you're going to go, Father, I shake that off of them right now in the name of Jesus. And I release the healing power of Jesus through that. Now, you're practicing. God is not practicing. So as you're praying in tongues, what I want you to do uh, those of you who aren't praying the Spirit, that's fine. Just worship. That's why we have this keyboard. Worship tongues, same vein. I'm going to tell you in a minute to go silent. And you're going to see a picture in your mind. You're going to feel like you're daydreaming. Some of you are going to feel like you put the thoughts in your mind by yourself. And maybe it was you concocting it together. Some of you are going to go, I see nothing. If you see nothing, we'll call a doctor and they'll gladly come over and resuscitate you because everybody sees something. You may hear something. What does the voice of God sound like? Can I tell you? The voice of God sounds like you speaking back to you. It really does. That simple. What does a sensing feel like? It feels like a knowing. We've all been in a room where we know something's wrong with someone. We just don't know what it is. Usually our wives that look at us and say, what's wrong? And we respond with the universal man cry, nothing. But we're going to pay attention to hearing, seeing, or knowing. And we're going to release it. So so for instance, I'm going to come over to him and we're going to take it in turns. I'm going to speak in tongues. And I actually want to hear you pray in tongues. I don't want you going, shh, 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 shh. Shakarando soboko remesiatanamasiataya Romakando Shabaha and pray with the intention of God you love this person you want to reveal and you want to reveal to redeem. And you're gonna go silent, you're gonna wait to see what he's saying, you're gonna watch. Oh, you're gonna listen, you're gonna be still. Both of you for each other are gonna be silent. You're not going to share. You're going to be silent because if you're talking, your partner isn't listening. So there'll be a time to talk. You're going to say something like this. Oh, I just see a time (laughs) where you so gave yourself in faithful service. And the Lord says, I moved you because had you stayed you would have stayed out of because you're you're hardwired for loyalty and the lord says sometimes loyalty can lead to usury and the spirit of god says i shifted you out of religious environments into a space where you now feel truly fathered because the lord says i have put a servant's heart and a servant's dna on the inside of you that wants to be a volunteer but the lord says i don't want a volunteering spirit to ever be abused again so i have cushioned and cocooned you in this time so father right now we speak healing over any area where 
his loyalty was abused or there was usury for his gift and not a desire to know his person we release healing over that right now in Jesus name amen amen that's what I want you to do are you ready so everybody pray in tongues right now one two three go you're not sharing remember you're listening or you're seeing or you're sensing best way to see is with your eyes closed to what you see, what you hear, what you sense. somebody says I've got nothing just look at them and say well if God was speaking to you what do you think he would be saying about me pull it out of them be a really good partner to them now the shortest one gets to go first
switch over if you haven't. Let your partner minister over you. Ending in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Come on, give the Lord a hand and just celebrate your partner. Amen. Amen. I know you're still ministering, but how many know the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet? we thank God. How many just received a word from your partner that blessed you? Just wave just now. Look at that all over the room. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Amen. Now imagine continuing in this grace what God will do to transform this state as you move and operate in this prophetic gift wherever you are. God bless you and continue to empower you. Amen. Please find your seats if you would please. We're going to conclude by receiving an offering for in his ministry. I want you to give generously, give liberally. I know that he's blessed you and God has blessed you through him. I can almost hear the wheels turning in so many minds as he was speaking over Yvonne and I thinking, well, you had lunch with him. You told him your story. You probably talked to him on the phone. That's how he knew. He probably read your bio. That's how he know those things. Let me tell you something. When Cheryl walked into the restroom today, a restaurant today ahead of the rest of them, she said, please don't tell him anything about you because he has a word of God for you. He doesn't want anyone to think that you told him these things. And as we stood there, there was no doubt straight from the heart of God. We didn't share anything with him or the rest of them. Yvonne and I and Sadie were there. She's my witness. Not a word. But he couldn't have described the last eight and a half years any better than what the Spirit of the Lord did. So yeah, if he's willing, we might have him back. Amen. Write your checks to All Nations Church. You need to use a credit or a debit card. Use an offering envelope with a seat back in front of you. This offering in its entirety will go into this ministry, but we don't hold one dime. Ushers, come please. Be ready to receive force. We greatly appreciate that right now.
You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.